0: I love seeing the Bible come to life. I love seeing the Book of Mormon come to life. But my thought has always been this, if you like the video, go read
1: the book. You'll love it. People are drawn in by hope. And I feel like as long as you show hope that's real and authentic, then the right people will find you. So meaningful is because it starts with our team member, our employee, sacrificing something.
2: Hello and welcome to Latter-day Profiles. I'm Brian Howard. We're here at the LDS Motion Picture Studio in Provo, Utah. And joining me today is John Fossum and Gaydalene Condi. Welcome. Hi. Good to have you. Good to have you back and good to have you for the first yeah, time. Be on the show. Uh, these two do an amazing, uh, show podcast, which the name has just recently changed. People know as a real talk, but you now call it talk of him, right? Yes. Got it right. So look for that coming forward, right? Yeah. Good. Let's introduce people a little bit to John. John, first time on here. John, tell us a little bit about yourself where you grew up in Georgia. Yeah. Tell us about yourself.
0: Uh, well, like you said, grew up in Georgia for, you know, most of the, I, I guess we got there when I was about eight or nine, but, um. Yeah, just uh, grew up out in the country a little bit, in a, literally in a cabin in the woods. Oh wow! I mean, we had running water and electricity and everything, <laughs> but uh, it was just uh, a, a beautiful, a beautiful place to be raised. Uh, only member of the church, you know, there in the, the high school I went to, uh, apart from my siblings. Yeah. And we were in a little branch. My dad was the branch president, and uh, we would actually meet in our house with oh, wow. just a. Few members of the church that uh, sort of reactivated at the time and so a very intimate sort of experience with the church growing up and mm-hmm. uh right after high school came out here to utah for a couple of years don't forget rick's college hey, well that's after oh that's after yeah yeah after <laughs> high
2: school i was gonna say don't forget rick's college <laughs> <We can't. laughs> yeah yeah well we
0: rick's is a is a great place that where i met my wife but uh first i spent a couple of years here okay. in utah went on a mission to the philippines mm came home then went to Rick's oh, I got you. with my younger sister and uh, that's where I met my wife in my first college class I signed up for which was poetry. Wow. So
2: yeah. An appropriate class to meet your spouse too. Yeah, right. poetry. We,
0: wrote, we re- re- wrote lots of poems and I, I would hate for any of them to resurface. It <laughs> uh, would be uh, horrifying.
2: Well I might have to We have to do some research yes. on
1: that. <laughs> oh my Maybe wife
0: still has
2: <laughs> some in secret Surpri-
1: journals. Surprise no, on talk of uh, him. N-
0: none of that. No uh, okay.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> You know, Gailey, the last time we talked, uh, you had uh, just recently come out with uh, one of your one of your many books now. Uh-huh. You've been doing a lot of them. And uh, I think, oh, no, your son had come back off a of mission. So or a few years, yeah, that was pre-COVID. Yeah, seems like an eternity ago. It
1: feels like a lifetime before yes. the whole world shut down, right? Yeah. It's good to be back and it's good to be with my partner in crime, John Fossum, and... I also met my husband at Rooks College, so That's he was a family home evening brother, which is a sordid Classic. story that Classic. we don't yeah, need right. to get into, yes. <laughs> yeah, and now and now we're empty nesters, and wow. my youngest is at BYU, and her brother's there too, and we're navigating a whole new season of life. Wow, so. wow.
2: trying to make sure everyone's getting their studies done, I guess. Well,
1: BYU. not going into ownership and and, and really trying to be influential in their lives and not control the decision-making of adult children, which is a whole new <laughs> parenting stage of life to be in.
2: Yes, everyone i yes. talked to and my wife and I agree that, uh, you know, uh, five-year-olds are easier than mm-hmm. 25-year-olds because yeah. uh, there's really not much you can do about it. <laughs>
1: right. You know where they're sleeping, mm. they don't have car keys, and they're not making like major life decisions. Yeah. And and you get to I always say you're in the phase where you can take a family home evening lesson and try to fix it. So we're having a problem with sharing or lying or whatever. Let's have a family home <laughs> evening lesson, but When they're 18 and older and on their own journey, it's it's a different kind of influencing.
2: Yeah, yeah, very, very different. Well, it's a different season of life. Yeah, it's challenging, fun, adventurous, and wonderful. Yeah,
1: it's it's, I I love getting to know my children in this stage of adulthood, and they're getting to see us as people and not just their quote unquote parents. That's what my son said the minute. He came home from the mission he said the thing i learned the most is you and dad are your own people and i thought that was an interesting perspective to gain you know clear across the world in africa oh, wow
2: oh, that's interesting so you know your latest well, your latest book was let, let god prevail you've got the stewardship principle anything since then did i miss one no
1: out? stewardship principle came out may 2022 and really has been in the works for a decade in my heart mm-hmm. and i was hesitant to put it in book form because it's a really basic important principle, but it's also really expansive. And I wanted to write it from that perspective so that if someone had not ever considered it or only read those words, maybe in the Doctrine and Covenants Mm. or had an idea in their minds that it would build on what they knew. Um, But if they had never even considered it, that it would really open a door of reframing. And, And I think the things I've talked about on this show in the past really come under that umbrella. And yeah. that everything's a stewardship, including hosting the show with John, writing books, being an empty nester, dealing with lupus, dealing with the suicide of my sister, all of it is stewardship. And really the the premise of that, um, that principle changed how I've seen everything in my life. And so as an author, I love that uh, a story or a principle can live in book form longer than yeah. Maybe even having a conversation with someone or speaking or hosting a show. And I love that a book can get passed around. And so as an author, it's it's still a process for me. It's not as easy as sitting with John and, and talking about the scriptures for a weekly come follow me or even speaking. Um, but I still value that medium. And so yeah, let God prevail um won best of state and and was just the little engine that could kind of book and and I love that both of them can be picked up by a variety of audience members, you know, ages, um, men, women, grandmas, teenagers. Yeah. And, and so not all my books maybe resonate with, with that large of a demographic, but the last two have.
2: Yeah, yeah that's been good to see. Yeah. You're keeping, keeping at it, so yeah. you're taking out the, the good books. John, we didn't finish. Right now you teach seminary, correct? Yeah,
0: I teach seminary. I've been teaching seminary since 2004. It wasn't the original plan. I didn't even know that was an option. You know, I was raised (laughs) in Georgia, and so my seminary experience was...
1: Crack a dawn.
0: Yeah, sitting in the kitchen with my mom, who was the teacher, and a couple of my siblings. And I was usually pretty angry about it. (laughs) And so uh, I was working through a degree here at uh, BYU in Provo. And uh, I was working on a a master's degree in 18th century British literature. As a, as a way to go into a, a PhD program. Uh, again, that would be in English literature. So I wanted to teach college lit. But about halfway through my master's program, I just had a, I just had a little what I called, you know, uh, Neil A. Maxwell, I think, called it divine discontent, yeah. right? Yeah. Just something a little unsettling. So I went to my wife and I said, I'm not sure if I want to do this. <laughs> we had four kids. The oldest was four at the time. Wow. Had four, a two-year-old, and two twins, babies. And she was like, "Excuse me."
1: The ball's <laughs> like, hard down the field. She was <laughs>
0: like, we were gonna change right now, and I was like, "No, nah, I'm just saying, you know." And she said, "All right, clear your mind and tell me, the first thing that comes to your mind, if you could do anything in the world, what would it be?" I said, "Well, I mean it's easy. I would teach the gospel and get paid for it, but that's not an option." And she was like, "Well, it is here." <laughs> and I said, "What?" And, and uh, just kind of discovered there's a process, and went through that process there at BYU to uh, become a seminary teacher, and was hired. So there we go.
1: Thank you, Sarah, and for being since. inspired yeah. to.
0: I Man, yeah, my wife Sarah has been uh, a great source of direction for me. She's and, amazing. Yeah, if I'm ever stuck, this is just a, a word of wisdom I think that most <laughs> men have learned. What if I'm ever stuck? I'll just go to my wife and just say, "How are you feeling?" Like I don't I don't need to, I don't need some specific, logical reason to be articulated. I just need to know how you feel about this. And I have been blessed multiple times in my life by just mm-hmm. going with her gut. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, that's that. And then you know we we've got five kids now. Uh, oldest is married. Youngest is our little girl who's uh, special needs. She's 14. Uh, she's she's beautiful. Mm. So uh, she's been a great blessing to our life. Her name is Rachel. Mm.
2: Currently, right now, you've got some
0: missionaries as well. Yep. So we've got two two missionaries out right now. The twins, uh, one's in Newport, California, and one's in Botswana, Africa. Wow.
2: Yeah. Talk about uh, all over the world, right? All over That's the world. will be pretty amazing. Yeah. This yeah. past
0: summer, we got the chance to go pick up my other son from his mission in Italy. Wow. And so, uh, and then my first son went to the scenic. Kansas.
1: You know. <laughs> so, the tropical from, paradise. <laughs> picking
0: Wichita your top. child up from Kansas doesn't have quite the same appeal as Italy. That, you know. But that's where he met no, his wife, good. and uh, it's it's been a, a it, we, we've been very blessed uh, to, in so many ways as a family.
2: Well, in addition, I know you teach some writing classes as well. So, you didn't give up on that completely. No, right? you no, used magic yeah. Teaching?
0: Well, you know, you can imagine when I first got hired in 2004, I had four children and a mortgage and I was <laughs> had, a, had a beginning salary of a seminary teacher. And so I did remain active on the side, teaching writing um, uh, at BYU first, but then the online thing started to oh, yeah. happen, right? So I started branching out, going to other universities. And so today I still teach online religion courses and writing courses Hello. for uh, a couple different universities I have since 2000 and six. Wow. Yeah. Time flies, right? It does fly. Isn't that crazy?
2: Yeah. (laughs) Well, Gaylene, you started doing the Real Talk uh, show podcast. We'll call it combo, right? Because it's online. Uh, Yeah. Our
1: podcast listeners don't know that John and I change our outfits. (laughs) It's funny when podcast listeners recognize my voice. They don't know anything what I look like. So yeah, a lot of podcast listeners, but for for video YouTubers yeah. and Instagram and Facebook, yeah, we yeah, do it both yeah. both formats. There's
2: definitely a video format these days. And check out what you're wearing. Yes. and so comment <laughs> if you make sure you change in between we episodes. We get
1: comments. Be kind. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you start yeah you different partner before yes, John Scott. Uh, you, got, you got mm-hmm. it started. Uh, what was the motivation for that? How to how to get started?
1: Well, you know, come follow me was announced, and I feel like it it was such an inspired pre COVID revelation to right. be given to really bring people home, to really put um, families and individuals in the driver's seat of their own gospel education. And I just, you know, I had published with uh, Covenant Siegel uh, for all of my books, and and like many others, felt inspired to share. And so I just, like low production level, pulled out my phone and I would commentate on just my little thoughts on the New Testament that first year and at the time seagull covenant hadn't been producing any um kind of podcasts or shows and um the original producer knew i was doing this and came to me and said hey what do you think about us partnering with you and then that conversation like most revelation you know it starts and then you counsel together and then you get a little more information and then it moves the ball. And I, and I think Elder Bednar has really taught that principle of those degrees of light that come. And this show was really that, but pretty quickly it was established that there were a lot that popped up fast Mm -hmm. and they're still going great and they're amazing. Um, but, but I clearly anyone that reads my books or has heard me speak, I value having really authentic conversations that are sometimes really vulnerable. And for me, God has been very specific about what content he's made sure we have in scripture for a reason. And if we're not seeing it in our real lives, then maybe we're missing the point of what what those stories are for mm. in, our, in our lives and our raising our families and dealing with our chronic illness and our mental health and all that. And so this producer and I talked and very last minute, like there was a lot of decisions already made. And she said, hey, there's this guy, Scott Sorensen, and I didn't know Scott. And she said, what, what would you think about, instead of just hosting it, co-hosting it? And it was one of those moments, I think, as John just referenced, you know, when God kind of gives you that really clear. And they're not always, but it was a moment where the spirit was like, trust this feeling and say, yes, you don't know him. And I said, I feel a strong yes. But she said, "You know, he's a seminary teacher." and I said, "Just a warning. I've done a lot of weekly shows. This is not my first. And it's a different game than even teaching seminary. Wouldn't you agree with yeah, that?
0: Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very different game. And
1: even the greatest of teachers, it doesn't always translate yeah, to yeah. to a format. and And we also felt like it needed to be concise. Hmm. that one of the things that we wanted, the two things that felt really important with this original producer and I, is that it was real and affected real lives and real families, and that it was concise, because there's a lot of long format out there, yeah. but yeah. we wanted people to feel like it didn't overwhelm them, and it also didn't put us in front of the Spirit. We wanted to have a jumping off point for our yeah. listeners, not like force feed yeah. or, oh. or or you know, prescribe how the scripture should be interpreted. Sort of a
0: traditional full yes. lesson of the entire That's block, right? right? We just yeah. sort of a, give them a piece let them go right so
1: scott and i had a five minute conversation and it was like yeah this is going to work and we really moved some mountains and pushed some big boulders up the hill when you're the first of its kind in any format Mm -hmm. in any organization there were some you know walls that had to keep and and we i i feel really proud of those first two seasons because there's always behind the scenes that maybe one day we can write a memoir of all the opposition <laughs> right. that we overcame. And, and then, and Scott made the decision that, that that two seasons was what the best decision was to step away from that. And uh, so then, you know, at the time of this taping, a year ago, we, we sat down and started doing some tests interviewing and and some camera testing with potential new co-hosts. And there was great fear because there was a chemistry and a trust that Scott and I had yeah. developed. And Scott's and it's, an amazing guy. He is amazing.
0: And I know Scott and I knew Scott before yeah. he was even on, on yeah. the show. Yeah.
1: And it was a hard decision for everyone, but we really were like, how do you take and put someone in something that we had developed a relationship yeah. with our audience? And 20 minute format is tough, especially yeah. when there's two people that are gonna to try to share within that type of format. And so we did some great interviews, we did some uh, camera testing, and John walked in and my prayer was always, and I don't even think I've said this publicly on camera. John knows yeah, this, but news. I'm breaking the news right here with you. <laughs> run the banner. Yeah. Break the news. <laughs> you know, I I the prayer was for the whole team, the whole production team, but for me personally, you know, there's a trust that you have to develop and kind of a second language. And um a sibling love that has to work if you're going to do 20 minutes with a lot of content and we knew it was old testament coming like that's gnarly like talk about real talk it was (laughs) going to be some gnarly content (laughs) and i don't teach it full time like this isn't content that i've done years of of development and processing and so i needed to have someone that i knew i could trust so i told the lord please help it be so clear help it be so clear that this is who you want and i will trust that feeling because you didn't lead me astray with scott and it was within moments that yeah. john and i had a conversation and i'm crying if that test video ever makes <laughs> makes it to to the youtube yeah. land yeah. um i'm crying through it not because of anything happening yeah, like, content, like content right? was <laughs> yeah. like, no it was, know, just, it was good it was good but i was I was so clearly like, this can mm. work. That this show that I love, that I've put so much of my vulnerability out in the world through it, I've fought for it, I've worked hard for it, that I believe in what we're doing in a different way within a really crowded environment of Come mm. Follow Me resources. Um, I, I, there's a chance that I have a new partner and and that it will be different than Scott. And we had a lot of, viewers that had to like go to therapy. I heard, I literally (laughs) heard from therapists that were like, they had to process this like a grieving process (laughs) because one of the things I think we hear the most is this is a very personal show and people become your friend. And and they stop me in stores and in the temple and in the airport and tell me their stories because they feel like they know John and I's story. And I have felt so blessed that I, Risked one more time and tried to create a new partnership with someone that I, I love his family and and Sarah and John have been there for our family this year. And I'm excited for the year to come and to work on a journal together that's going to come out. And we've faced a whole bunch of other opposition that yeah. this whole year I was like, i don't I don't I would not have wanted to do this year and the good and the hard stuff without John because he was perfectly prepared for some of the unique opposition that we had to face. And and then with the new name, and for the long story that that, it's not worth using up the time for, but the fact that it's talk of him and our journal is find him, it feels really synergistic for yeah. the heart of what this show is about. Yeah,
0: focused really exclusively on just finding the Savior in the scriptures and how we can, you know, apply those teachings in our, in our real lives. You know what I mean? I know that sounds so cliche, but I mean, our biggest struggle when it comes to scripture as a general rule is to make it real <laughs> um it there's a sort of this distance uh between us and scripture yep. and what it says and so uh, that's the teacher's job right is to try to help show that uh, it's it's applicable right here right now in so many ways and uh I'm, I'm not even a podcast person. I, I still don't listen to podcasts. I don't either. I don't want to shake our audience,
1: but neither do I. I,
0: I. I most of the time don't even listen to our podcast. I mean, because we film it. I mean, I, I know what's in it. So why should yeah, I watch it? But sometimes
1: it? I text him and I'm like, you sounded really good. Good job. And he's like, wait, what did we say? And I'm like, go back and watch. You looked good. But you sounded I, I, good. But,
0: but when they first came to me, uh, Siegel Covenant, my first response was just, don't, no, uh, I, I don't do podcasts, and I just don't need another thing on my plate, right? But it was a really cool moment. I, w- I was about to say no, but instead, it was just like, uh, tell me more about that. Mm. That was all, and then by the end of the conversation, I had agreed to, you know, the interview process and things like that, but long story short, it was just a series of that, like, okay, maybe that's far enough, far enough, far enough, but God just kept kind of so, I feel really at peace and confident about where we are in this process, and being a part of this particular product has just been really a cool experience for me. So, uh, I'm grateful for it.
2: You know, when people, you do, they about 20 minutes, you try and keep it short to the yeah. point, right? Which is tough. Uh, really, really tough, tough actually. Yeah. And uh, still be personal and yeah. still
1: be like some meat, substantial. Some, some context substance. for yeah. the scriptures, and make sure it's not. All the Gainalin show or the John show, yeah, and yeah. sometimes it's not equal, but it's okay. <laughs> well,
2: I think one of the hard things to understand, I think, for most people is okay, you got 20 minutes. The shorter you get, the more prep time it actually takes. Oh, amen! No way, no, no, no,
1: thank you, you, brother. If, if yes, you can just sit there and talk for two
2: hours, then oh, you know oh. you can say everything you want, but you can't. So you got to pick and choose. Yes. What what kind of time doesn't this feel do you so validating, up? John? <laughs> like it's someone in the right. industry, because so
1: many times people are like, "Oh my gosh, it must be so easy because yeah, you just have just 20, 20 minutes." 20 minutes, and I'm like, <laughs> "Well, first, there's 18 chapters that are the prescribed, right. scheduled right. reading for the week, and
0: we've got to dig through it." You know, with a prayer in our hearts yeah. to be guided to that one thing. We, we each try to choose kind of one thing. Yep. That's going to speak to at least one person yeah. that hears this show and, uh, for for that particular week. And I mean, next year's New Testament. Can you imagine? We have all these teachings of take take the block of the, the Sermon on the yeah. Mount. Oh gosh. Right. Okay. What's the one thing? Yeah, exactly. Gonna, so it's it's a. It's challenging, but it's invigorating. Mm. But it does take a lot of time. Hours of prep for a 20-minute episode. Yeah. Um One of our producers earlier this year just asked the question and know, just trying to understand the process behind the scenes a little more herself. She said, is there any way we can maybe shorten prep time for you, you know, so it's not so overwhelming. And I thought about that and it's the, the answer is just like, no. Yeah. It, yeah. I, I can't, I can't. If we're gonna have something short and substantive, that's tough if you if you're just gonna go through from chapter one to chapter 10 and just kind of take it sequentially, that's easier Easy, for me for, for me sure easier yeah. for me yeah but I gotta find that one thing and then winnow it down to just this one. And
1: Mercy. let me just it's add harder. to that we value being very spirit directed from beginning to end so mm. that's like in our daily life and then we separately prep then we prep together and then we tape and at every si- single intersection, I would say i consistently try to turn to the lord and say you take the wheel on this which means Mm. he still asks for me to turn all 18 chapters open right and then find those nuggets and then as we counsel together and in our prep before taping
0: deleting and adding it's deleting and and adding and
1: it's trying to keep it still an element of energy and surprise while still being able to have each other's back and you'll see that on the show you know especially for the fact that we value being vulnerable and I'm so grateful I've now co-hosted with two men mm-hmm. that are so willing to be vulnerable there's a power in that that invites the spirit like nothing else and and I think both of them had been in classrooms where they had solo control and yeah. a full, you know, what, 50-minute block or whatever that is? 75. Oh, my gosh. See, I don't even, <laughs> what would we do with a 75-minute segment? I don't even know don't what know, we would talk about. Know, yeah. And so I'm grateful that, that the fact is we have to let the spirit be in charge. And many times, I mean, this is just pulling the curtain back. We finish taping and go, mm, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to land. I don't know how that's going to feel. And maybe you feel the same doing this show. And then you watch it back or we hear from viewers every time. Mm -hmm. And our why has consistently been, will we keep it real? Will we be vulnerable? But if it serves one viewer, one family member. And I think, you know, one of the most tender things we received from viewers this last year is there are many families that are going through what we would for a better word faith crisis and have decided maybe weekly church is no longer for them but they don't stop listening to the show and i think there's something about that that the diversity of our audience the diversity of families all across the world we have big followings in outside of the united states and i value that too that we resonate with viewers in the philippines and viewers in africa your son just you know Elder Fossum just had yeah. an experience <laughs> yeah, where my
0: son in Africa I was in his ward, and someone just came up and asked him, "Hey, how's your brother doing in California? How's your dad doing?" And he was just like, "What <laughs>
1: how God do you I know do everything
0: he was like oh I, we we listened to the show you know we watched the show and listened to it, and he was like, "Oh, so it's just such a small world. Yeah. you know the church really does make the world smaller for all of us, right? you know, as we travel and go around and see people, but uh, pretty cool yeah. to know that uh, we're with people in their story and in the trenches with them halfway around the world.
2: Uh, we were about, got about a minute left, but uh, we're looking forward. So when this airs, it will be 2023. We'll be in the middle of the New Testament. What's your hope, uh, you know, Old Testament, Actually, I was pleasantly surprised. It was good. Anyway, yeah. I mean, I like the Old Testament. And John Fossum helped us great. through it's Isaiah
1: tough. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Isaiah,
2: Isaiah, I feel better about Isaiah. I'm still, you know, on the fence. I still don't understand half of it, but that's okay. Uh, but as we get to the New Testament, what's your hope as you're moving forward with the new, uh, new format, new podcast talking of him?
1: For me, I'll just answer that it. Some of it is a carryover of the Old Testament. I think yeah. John and I really hoped and prayed that in Old Testament that members of our faith will invite uh, Christians and, and during Old Testament specifically, Jewish friends of theirs, to join us in that that weekly mm. Bible study. I, I still hope for that for the New Testament, that maybe we can reach out to someone yeah. that is not of our faith, and that they can join in in our weekly discussion. And mm. and really, I love, as much as there were some hoops to jump to get the new name, that we really give permission through our talking of, of God each week on camera, a uh, jumping-off point so that the viewers go out and talk of Him. That's yeah. that that yeah. would be my hope. And I'm
0: I'm, I'm excited to we're going to really work hard to streamline the two products more: the podcast with the study journal, and yeah. just think of you know the the weekly episode to talk of some things that we've uh, identified, and then let them get the study journal uh, called Find Him. Right, and uh, have them, you know, go on their journey that week yeah. and uh, find him in the scriptures in a way that will help them draw closer to their heavenly Father. Yeah. And
1: the journal is great because it does allow for some context, some yeah. personal nature, like we but share on the brief. show. But it's brief. Yeah, yeah, we're, it's we're not trying, overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the not old, like
0: short show and then long journal. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's just very some digestible. journaling pages.
1: So especially for those that don't maybe have a study group or All a right. family that they're meeting with to do, come follow me. We we like being your family and that journal allows you to like really participate and join in on Jump that in on too. Yeah. Yeah. And and my also hope is that he doesn't get sick of me this, <laughs> this <laughs> season. Never happened. <laughs> well,
2: it's been a pleasure. John Fossum, Gail and Condi and uh, Talk of Him. Talk of Him. It's formerly known as Real Talk. Yes. So if you get confused, no, those are synonyms. Right. We'll the, probably
1: still accidentally say Real Talk every once in a while.
2: That's <laughs> well, okay. to Real Talk of Him. That's okay. So. Yes. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank for you.